she's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. I'm Chessie. You want to talk about the book again? So from the get-go, I was like, oh, cool. This is going to be a book about girls stabbing another girl. College smut. So it appeals to the masses. That's what you get for making me read those fucking happy endings all the time. Monstrous now. We're still live. <gasps> Hello, it's me. And Tracy! Tracy, <laughs> hi. Hi, friends! Hello! It's Tracy, it's our bestie! Tracy! I'm so happy to be here. So for the fourth time, we have Francesca Zabia, author extraordinaire, top shelf author, top shelf author. <laughs> I have to tell you. That's where we my- keep the good books, just like oh, the liquor good. cabinet. <laughs> In all the bookstores, they're on the bottom shelf because of my last name. Because you're a Z. Because no. I'm a Z. Not the way that I organize books. Now, in the library, of course, I have to put you in Now, see, end, I was just telling you all about my, my pen name idea. Mm-hmm. And my, my pen name, last name would start with an F. That is solid eye-level bookcase place. It yeah. is mm-hmm. indeed. It is indeed. And you so, know what? My kids, they do not benefit from, like, a good last name because mine's a W. And I was a J. I was oh. a J, and I married down I, in the alphabet. So my kids were like, ass. I definitely went up. My kids, I went from a J to a B. So mm-hmm. the girls definitely, like, lucked out. I still like, can't believe first... nobody picked your name. You should have hyphenated it. No. <laughs> her current last name is Biggs, and her maiden name was Johnson. So it would have been the Biggs Johnson. <sighs> I understand both sides. <laughs> I understand the no. How about this? I understand the, uh, you had the chance, you had an opportunity to Chessie, do really you feel free thing. to use it in a book. <laughs> Somebody could be Big Johnson. Somebody could be Big Johnson. Make it a character that is purposely uh, disliked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will do that. So I have to tell you, Chessie, the extra book you sent us over the summer, my kid used it to bribe her teacher. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's that's, funny. that's, that's um, fair. Um, so Piper's in high school now, and oh gosh. she's got she's in AP everything because duh. But she's her AP lit teachers like this guy that wears cargo shorts and t-shirts all day. Like that's he's just ADHD little king, and he just kind of runs around. So he has like this display of the best books, uh-huh. and he, she's like giving him a hard time that like nothing more modern's in there. It's like like all these old li- – and so she's like, can I have that extra Chessie book? And I was like, the signed one? And I go, yeah. She goes, yeah. And she goes, I'm going to bribe him. <laughs> she goes, it's she goes, it's for your display and it has goodies and it's, please? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know who this is. And she I goes, don't. well, that's your problem. That's your problem. <laughs> Read the book, sir. Which one she, was it? Which uh, Cats and Yammer. It ended up being – he read it over the weekend and put it in this display and he goes – Piper, that's a little dark. And she goes, I know, it was good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a little dark. Sure is. Put it in the display. (laughs) Not the point of the book. (laughs) I mean, the point of the book is darkness, but still, put it on the shelf. Still. Hello, darkness, my old friends. Mm. (laughs) How have you been? I have been great. 
for people watching this right now, you can see my empty bookcase, my almost empty yeah. bookcases. I am in the process of moving. How dare um, you? I know. It's um, so weird. <laughs> I know. I will uh, next time I'm on here because I'm sure there will be a next time. There I better will be. be coming to you there from a be. from a different location, um, probably with more natural light. Um, <laughs> Less and dark. <laughs> it's I'm in a basement right now. Right. I've been living in a basement for a long time. So, um, but yeah, I've I've been doing but, great. But I sort of love that the Pokemon poster is still up there. Like, oh yeah, all the posters are coming down last. So like Pokemon, <laughs> and then the Clockwork Orange poster behind the bookcase, and then my um my Children of Hypnos artwork. Mm. Those are. I down thought last. that's what that was. I know. Yeah, the one with Beautiful. the gun. And the, mm-hmm. the nightmare mm-hmm. coming Beautiful. out of the gun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't believe you're back. I love that. So you wanted to join us for spooky season, but yes. now you yes. talked about one of your books. So this is the second, this is the fourth time you come on. And the second time you talked about another book <laughs> and you kind of picked which one from our list that we were doing. And that book is What Lies in the Woods by Kate Alice Marshall. Yeah, I have a have library copy. Support Look local at my libraries. Christ. <laughs> support local libraries so um and i did read both this book as a physical book and as an audiobook i did both oh i just did the audiobook how um, how was the audiobook the i narrator, only read the physical the narrator like the was a solid okay. the solid four and a half mm-hmm. nice yeah. i yeah. don't think she had too much differentiation between her male characters like a lot of mm-hmm. them sounded very no. similar um but there was very clear voices for all of her female characters and it was oh, nice. um consistent you know her voice didn't change she Mm -hmm. didn't change her dialect her she was consistent throughout the book you know how Mm -hmm. sometimes in an audiobook you can see a narrator is dwindling out near the end Mm -hmm. they've either given up they're tired Mm -hmm. of recording whatever the fucking Mm -hmm. problem is Mm -hmm. they've made too many they've had to do too many takes whatever the problem is sure Mm -hmm. she's not there she's relaxed she's mellow she's just same tone and inflection the whole time and nice. her voice for Naomi was so clear that when mm-hmm. I started reading, when I would switch back and forth, Naomi's voice, it was the voice I heard in my head, which mm-hmm. was good. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Good. You know, I haven't read Eliza as an audiobook. I'll have to do it's that. It's good. Um, they they let me pick. I, I love the Eliza audiobook. I haven't listened it's to really it. It's really good. They let me I pick, enjoyed it. Um, two different narrators. So there's oh, a narrator really? for the main book, and then there's a narrator for the monstrous sea parts. Yes, awesome. it's no. so good. So I, I was it's so, so good. I enjoyed that. With Molly, I listened, Molly listened to it when we because we covered so the kind of how you came connect with our pod is we covered Eliza mm-hmm. in our first season, mm-hmm. um, in that December, and then we kind of connected through Instagram and that you came on and you know those kind of things. Um, but Molly read Eliza only as an audiobook, and I was like, okay, but you need to go get the physical book. Because you need to see the yeah. illustrations mm-hmm. that are in it, and you need to read this bonus chapter that's at the end. That's the alt ending, yeah. Um, which is my favorite of the endings. Which but, is my yeah, it's my preferred ending but, too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, so I've never read that one as audiobook, so I should. Uh, typically for pod, I only read the books that Molly is in charge of uh, leading for as an audiobook because i do better being able to write questions from the physical book mm-hmm. yeah but 
I am not a fan of horror or thrillers. Like that's just not my thing. And we Mm -hmm. do this in October for spooky season. And Molly says it's because I make her read romance the rest of the year, but I stand by that. So, um, (laughs) so, uh, so I, I try to kind of, get through them as fast as possible so that I don't like I'm actually taking right. a what I call smut break these are my mm. pauses in the pod and I'm reading the second book in the off-campus series by L. Kennedy and this one called The Mistake oh okay so, college smut so college smut it appeals to the masses um <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway um should we do a synopsis sure okay if you have to if you must if you must. You only say that when you don't like the book, but I know you like I this liked one. this book. Okay, like then hush your face. I'm just being a snarky. As usual. Uh, when Rising. Naomi, Liv, and Cass were 11 years old, they spent their time in the woods in Chester, Washington, creating magical, dangerous games to worship the skeleton they found and named Persephone. The result was a violent attack on Naomi by a wanted serial killer who stabbed her 19 times before leaving her for dead. Luckily, Liv and Cass were able to get help, so they all lived to tell the story. But it was all a lie. Not the stabbing. Not the left for dead. That definitely happened. But no matter how hard she tried, Naomi could never rem- really remember that the day fully. And when her would-be killer dies behind the bar she put him behind, she's left to relive the truth again and again. And when Alan Stahl's death brings Naomi back to Chester for a visit, a new nightmare unfolds. After declaring she's done lying, uh, Viv, that's not, it's not Naomi, Liv goes missing, only to be found the next day dead in the pond in the very same woods where Naomi was attacked many years ago. Now it's up to Naomi to discover the truth about her attack and Alan Shaw. Fortunately, she has the help of crime podcaster... (laughs) It says podcaster in my notes. <laughs> oh my gosh. What was I doing? To this week's podcast. <laughs> Molly. She has the help of crime podcaster Ethan Schreiber to spill all the truly gory details to trigger warnings for this episode, sexual assault of a minor, murder, violence, suicide, depression, and anxiety. Um, just overall warning. Creepy fucking shit, yo. Just creepy overall warning. Yeah. Creepy yeah, this one really topics. This one really creeped me out. I had to take breaks from it. I was pretty creeped out most of it. Mm. It's it's just the small town vibe. It just it relates too close to home that whole small town everyone takes care of each other bullshit cuz small town girl. Mm-hmm. I I just want to know, you know what kind of 11-year-olds are like I found a skeleton. Let's worship it. Like what the actual fuck? I was left alone in the woods a shit ton as an 11. And if you found a skeleton of a human, are you going to start worshiping it? I might. I don't know. I was a stupid 11-year-old. I I thought about this while I was reading the book. I was like, because I was the kind of kid who loved going out in the woods mm-hmm. and like finding things. The idea of finding a skeleton or like a dead body when I was a kid was like, it was like the ultimate mystery. Like, what? Where did this come from? What is this? Yeah. When you're a kid, and I guess they they were eleven. We said they were eleven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even when I was eleven, um, it, it it you don't think about like like now as an adult. If I found a dead body, I'd be like, oh my god, 
Mm-hmm. Call the police immediately. Right. Don't right. touch anything. Get right. out of here because who knows if the person who did it is still around. Right. Like, yeah. You think of so many other things. When you're a kid, all you think about is like it's it's the macabre of it. Yeah. It's the mm-hmm. I am not used to seeing this. Right. What is happening? I'm I need to explore this. And life hasn't prepared them for it, right? Mm-hmm. At te- at 11, I'm not supposed to know what to do with the dead body because mm-hmm. I'm 11. I'm not supposed to I mean, know that that even, is the- it's not even just like a body when they find it. It's just a skeleton. It's a full oh, skeleton. It's a, yeah, she's a skeleton at that point. And they um, find it like they find it in a little like burrow yeah, underneath like a rock. A- That's so kind <laughs> of already mystical and like yeah. creepy. And when you yeah. find it with your friends, it's like, oh, it's our secret. We won't tell right. anyone about right. it. I mean, do you know how much crap I found in the woods that I just went and put in my hidey hole and was mm-hmm. probably somebody's shit they left there and mm-hmm. it's just sitting in another hidey hole in the woods now? Yeah. For some kid to find that yeah. lives in those woods now? Yeah. All right, so uh, this is Kate Alice Marshall's first adult thriller. She's previously written YA uh, thrillers and horror stories. So how do you think she did with her first attempt at an adult novel? Pretty good, I'd say. I think she did great. I mean, I haven't read her other stuff, so I couldn't really give you a good assessment of YA versus this. But she definitely reads like a seasoned author. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I look at that. I guess it's the age of the girls, of the women, when they're back, Mm -hmm. that really makes this adult and maybe the fact that there's sex in it. But, um, but I don't, I don't know. This actually leads me to my next question because this book reminded me so much of Pretty Little Liars, both the book series and the TV series. It reminded me of that. Like, huh? I'm not familiar with either. Oh, well, Pretty Little Liars, I've read the book series and I've watched the TV show, which this is somebody who doesn't like horror thrillers, but I, for some reason, I read that with the lights on. When Tom was not home, I had to have the lights on. All the lights. Um, so it's basically rich girls who have a secret because one of their friends goes missing. Her body is found a year later. Um, that's Pretty Little Liars. And they will not disclose the secrets. And they keep calling it the Jenna secret. And they won't disclose what happened. And it's that reminds me of that. It's like the the main, um, the girl who actually gets killed, her name is Allison De Laurentiis. And she picks her friends based on who she can have the most influence over. So she picks a hodgepodge of friends. And that's, to me, what cast it. So the story has... Pretty Little Liars vibes. So if you're into that, this is definitely a good book for you. But it reminded me so much of that, that I had trouble separating the fact that my biggest issue with Pretty Little Liars was always like, why have these girls not told their adults anything? Like, just, just, just tell your grownups you're being stalked. Like, but that's, that's just do that. But think these about our, women, our, they're grownups at this point. Like, think about our childhood. If mm-hmm. I went and told one of my grownups I was being A, stalked, or B, I found a body. Nobody would have believed me. No one. Well, I don't know. I I mean, maybe that's your situation, but I feel like even in my situation, I I feel like people would have believed that. I think think in mine, people, if I had told somebody that I had found a body, they would have been like, 
okay, where where did you find that? Take me there right now. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, it, it feels like, like, I feel like it's a formula. That part of the story to me, which is like, I guess, I guess it's I the mean, core of the story. It felt like a formula to me. I felt like I had read that before because mm-hmm. of Pretty Little Liars. Um, I did. That doesn't mean I didn't like the book. I I still liked the book. It just felt like it was a formula. Yeah, you know, I, I'll agree with you on that. I definitely I know a bit about Pretty Little Liars because I have watched recap videos on YouTube, and um, my my boyfriend got really into it like a month ago for a little while um so good for him good, good for, for him. him good job um, boyfriend uh good job. he he was he was deep in the weeds for a little bit um and so like i know i know enough about it that like yes it is definitely that kind of like mm-hmm. you have those elements of like the rich girl who is the rich popular girl who who can kind of influence her friends right you have like the mystery you have stalkers you have um you know people in town interacting with each other and all these little relationships Mm -hmm. that become more fleshed out as the story goes on like you realize that the relationships that they set up in the beginning are either not quite what the main character thought they were or Mm -hmm. um are a little bit deeper than the main character thought they were things like Mm -hmm. that yeah so i definitely see it yeah. I mean, it's it's the classic Mean Girls vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Regina George binds us all. Yeah. Like, yeah. I did. I will say I did. Um, between the three girls, um, <clears throat> it, it it didn't feel completely like Mean Girls or Pretty mm-hmm. Little Liars. Um, I do think like part of your question here is, did you find the friendship between Naomi Cass and Liv to be believable? And mm-hmm. I do think that that part did feel very believable to me because I did have those friends who were like throughout a lot of this book, you see Cass as like this. You definitely get the vibes that she is a controlling person. She is a, she is someone who needs everything to be right. Mm -hmm. But she's also that person who like will run after you. And obviously we see by the end of this book that a lot of this is a smokescreen, but Mm -hmm. I did have those friends who were, who were popular and, a little more socially aware. So they would, maybe they knew they said something mean and they would go after you. They would talk to you. They were intense, but they were also not a bad person necessarily. Right. Um, And then you had people like Liv who were quieter and a little more neurotic. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, so I I found the relationship between the girls to be um, like kind of, surprisingly believable i with thrillers especially for some reason i tend to find the relationships like lacking a little bit like they mostly just go straight to the mystery and things like that develop the background they don't develop it that much they a lot of thrillers to me kind of just like set the pieces up but they don't delve into the pieces and i felt like these were actually a little more realistic than than i'm used to from from thrillers I and, didn't. Be- Sorry, and it has to be a small town for for me. The relationships don't work outside of a small town. No, no, no. The problem for me was, I always read Cassidy as controlling. She mm-hmm. was always a puppet master. The way I read, yeah, her. yeah. She yeah. she looked at 
She looked at what's the lead? Naomi. 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 Yeah. She looked at Naomi as a burden, right? <clears throat> and when she gave Liv's spoilers, Liv dies. Um, well, when that's she, in the intro. Yeah. When they're at Liv's funeral and she's giving, Liv, like, she's speaking, she omits Naomi from their lives. Mm-hmm. Like, Naomi Ethan fucking wasn't. Out. Right? Like, she, like, she wasn't even alive, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Naomi has never been there. And that just mm-hmm. proves that Naomi's always been an extra piece in her game. Yeah. From the beginning. And mm-hmm. it's just, I've. I was a Naomi. I was the kid with the questionable parents and the the kid that, you know, might have looked a little dirty and, you know, was a little weird and a little off. And I mean, mm-hmm. I yeah. think Cass's personality, I 100% bought the excuse. I'm not going to totally go into this scene yet, but I totally bought the excuse. She was my friend, not yours. That is yeah. Cass's vibe, one hundred percent. Yes, she's but my friend, not yours. We've had, I've had those interactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was time for Cass to grow the fuck up, but she was never going to. Never. No. She was always. She going wanted, to be... and I think that's why she wrote the book mm-hmm. to control the situation more. Well, yeah. I think that was probably her parents trying to control the narrative too. You know, mm-hmm. before Naomi made a decision. Right? If Naomi mm-hmm. writes a book, then they're never going to have control of that story. But if right. they write a book before Naomi decides to, then they have control of the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I, I want to talk a little bit about the goddess game that Cass creates. So the girls find a skeleton in the mm-hmm. woods. Like we've talked about, it's like in this little cave burrow. Um, the skeleton is wearing a bracelet that says Persephone on it. And so they name her Persephone. Um, and Cass creates which goddesses they are and all the tasks that um, they will be doing. Um, and uh, is this tween age fun or is this just really fucked up? Both. Both. That's exactly what I was going to say. I, in that way that like, I mean, sometimes a lot of tween age fun is things that are fucked up. Yeah, and like, that's fair. you don't. Like, when you're doing them, when you're that age, you, it's like finding a body. You don't right. realize why it's fucked up or how well, or... Think about, we used to play uh, Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board, right? Holy trying shit, to- Molly! I was thinking the same fucking thing! Okay. We same were trying, brainwave! We were trying to summon a demon to mm-hmm. lift our friend off the floor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What the fuck were we thinking? Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, it's like it's like a, a Bloody Mary and yeah. like mm-hmm. any of those like yeah weird. I mean, but also I made witches brews as a kid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I take a bucket and go grab shit from the yard and it's stir and like. <laughs> but like, it did <laughs> like. I mean, obviously, like later, of course, you made witches brews. Um, I know. I was like, that's just so Molly. I can't. I, I can't. I can't pass that over. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did think it went like later on in the the game. Mm-hmm. It got like exponentially more fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. that and, was. Um, What's her face being fucking a psychopath? It was, yeah, it was exactly. Like that's that's where that part comes in. Mm-hmm. Is like you get out of tween age messed up and into 
just just fucked up. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because when the goddess game starts, they don't even have Persephone at that point, right? They're just like they're right making the witches brews and yeah. oh, it started before they found her. I, yeah, I read because... this like two months ago, so I'm a little. Oh. I'm a it's little okay. fuzzy, but we'll forgive. It's you. okay. Um, it's because the reason I know that is because Naomi is named Artemis. She's the mm-hmm. huntress, and she finds Persephone You're and right. brings them in. So they already are playing this game. It just got more intense and dangerous as the time went on, because after they found Persephone was when they decided, when Cass decided that they had to do the seven. Um, yes, sacrifices right. or what have you seven rituals, um, seven rituals. rituals. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. the word but sacrifice didn't come until way later <laughs> but they were already being goddesses um, yeah. right in the woods and in some ways like i keep i picture these girls as like little 11 year olds with you know like sun-kissed skin and freckles and like hair that has twigs in it because they've been playing in the woods and they look a little feral yeah. And then you dig to the heart of who the characters are and you're like, oh, these kids aren't feral. They're fucking crazy. Like, yeah. That yeah. Bad. Yeah. Like they all needed like a, like like Cass definitely should have stepped in. Like Cass is probably she's probably a sociopath, um, which we'll talk more about that later. But Liv was like had some major like she psychological had, issues. The child had OCD at a very young age and Definitely yeah. need a treatment. Yeah, yeah, she needed treatment, and I'm not sure what you would actually diagnose her with, but she had some pretty serious psychological issues. Well, that- the counting and like needing the numbers, like mm-hmm. fours yeah, the- and sevens, right, right, mm-hmm. like that 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 feels OCD to me. But yeah, for sure. Um, but it was it it was the 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 starting point was the OCD yeah. was the numbers. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so Naomi makes a lot of bad decisions as a result of her trauma, but one of those happens to be sleeping with Ethan, who is a podcaster covering her story. Naomi begins to tell Ethan the truth with with the secrets that she was secrets she's never actually told anyone. So, did you think Ethan was worth trusting? Before we know all the stuff, what did you think about Ethan? This is like the one kind of beef I have with this book. And I hate, you guys know that I don't, I can't, like, not that I can't. I, I I don't talk bad about other authors' books, even if I, like, hate them. I don't talk bad about it publicly because there's okay, no... Okay, well, you're a good first human being. Of all, off, pod, off pod, I want to know what authors you hate. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, okay. this is She's like, a, I have a list. You want to see it? <laughs> this is not, this is not a, a, a ding against the book, I don't think. This was my... My feelings. When mm-hmm. Ethan showed up, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. We got a, we got the, we got the podcaster guy. He's going to come. He's going to try to interview her. Mm-hmm. He will probably get in on the investigation somehow. 100%. Yeah. Um, when he followed her to the pond, I was like, and he was like, he's like, no, no, I wasn't trying to do anything. I was like, you are suspect number one right now, mm-hmm. my guy. Mm-hmm. You are so mm-hmm. suspicious. You mm-hmm. are no no and maybe that's what she wanted uh us to to feel like in the book which is then it's great but then naomi i i was like i know naomi is is making bad decisions i know that's the point is that she's making bad decisions Mm -hmm. sleeping with ethan is like 
Okay, I'm gonna defend How'd this. How'd you though. get that far? How'd you okay. get that? Is mm. so I am gonna defend this from the neighbor, okay. the 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 podcast fuck up. Got it? Okay, okay, got it. So I made terrible life choices as a nineteen and tw- as a teen and a twenty something. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. part of that bad decisions was sleeping with inappropriate people because I could not manage my feelings and what I was doing in my life. So mm. instead, I slept with inappropriate people, and that's what Naomi's doing. Okay. Naomi is taking. Well, these feelings of indifference and unknowing what to do and filling this gap of loneliness. And the only way she knows how to feel that lonely, fill that void of loneliness is sex because she doesn't know how to have connected relationships that aren't either a, her dad who's batshit crazy or B the people she was nearly dead killed with. I think it also has to do with the fact she, and she says this, she's choosing to sleep with random people purposely so that she can control the bad decisions or the bad things that happened to her. So I think she slept with Ethan because I'm, she knew it was a bad decision, but here's the thing. And so gang, if you're joining us for the first time, because you were excited to see that Francesca Zappia was on podcast. Hey, we're excited to have her here too. Unless, unless we have the author with us and it is a new release title. We give spoilers on this podcast. So I'm going to tell you that maybe skip this episode, although be very thankful that Francesca Zappi is here because we are, but I'm going to give you a spoiler right now, gang. I 100% knew from jump that Ethan was AJ. 100%. (laughs) As soon as he came in and he was a podcaster and he starts talking to her and is like, oh no, this is a project of my own. This one's personal. Then he's talking to his mom and his mom and and his stepdad doesn't like approve what he does because, you know, he thinks it's like inappropriate. And then he's like talking about how his mom feels like she has to make up for her ex-husband. I'm like... (laughs) You see that? No surprise. Yeah. No No, surprise. It's just, she didn't even try to bury it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? This author just left it on the surface. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that was the intent. Mm -hmm. If she was like giving this little gimme, especially as big as the ending was. Mm -hmm. I I will give her this. I am normally very good at guessing that stuff. And I think my brain went into overdrive Mm -hmm. and was like over hypothesizing everything. And that was like, the one thing I didn't mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. Um, I guessed other parts of the, I guessed like the big twist of the book. I didn't even guess it. I knew it. Like as soon as I started reading, oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, of something totally. else that I'll, I'll mention, but like that was, that was the one thing that I was like, Oh, it's his son. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. wasn't like a, Oh yeah. I wasn't. Uh-huh! Like, oh, I my. It, out. it was like, it was just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Not a Eureka. You didn't go, Eureka! I solved it! Yeah, it was it was just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess that's what Molly, was going on. is that what you do normally? That doesn't... Absolutely. You, you just I am Eureka! The, I'm in the middle of a book, I'm sitting there, and I get to the page and I go, Eureka! I found it! Every time. Yes, April. That track. Well... I, I knew I knew who Ethan What's was going to turn out to be. I totally knew it. And um, the fact that Ethan kept saying, you shouldn't trust me, like you should not trust me, and um, was really kept saying, oh, but AJ is like hidden who he is. Like he's hard to find. Nobody can find him. It, it was just pretty obvious that that's yeah. what, what was happening. Um, and, you know, 
she chose to sleep with the podcaster who was interviewing her. I think the hurt for her was that it actually ended up being somebody else. So she wanted to make the inappropriate decision of sleeping with the podcaster. What she didn't realize is she made the inappropriate decision to sleep with who she thought was her killer's son. And she fell yeah. in love, right? Killer. That's, that's the thing Attacker. that she didn't expect, I think, with him, mm-hmm. is that she had ended up having real feelings for real him. Feelings for and him. I yeah. think that was the thing that fucked her up the most, was mm-hmm. the fact that she was finally having real pe- feelings for someone. And, mm-hmm. of course, their feelings for the man that sh- she thinks that tried to kill her kid. Also, mm-hmm. also, yeah. also, why was I rooting for them? Like, why did I, I still was want too. Them to I still work? wanted them. <laughs> still wanted them to get together in the end too many romance books that's what you get for making me read those fucking happy endings all the time that's not real life bro i stand by that i stand by that decision. i stand by stand by that um i did uh, maybe there were a few times where i was like okay he's actually a good person this isn't so bad but like as a couple i was like you two need to break up immediately <laughs> Like, uh, this is not, this is so inappropriate. You, you have so many problems and you are the son of the man who everybody thought gave her her problems. And yeah, this is a lot y'all, but But, maybe, but but maybe they understand each other's. It's one of those mm -hmm. things where it's like, we're the only two who understands like what the other one has been mm-hmm. through, kind of. Like, I, I mean, know. I feel like in some ways we're the last two people on earth. Better fuck. <laughs> I feel like he was good for her in some ways because she held all this guilt for putting an innocent, potentially innocent man behind bars, and Ethan was there to reassure her. Oh no, he, he actually was, was a fucking serial killer. He just didn't stab you. Like he, yeah. he was killing people, just didn't stab he you. Was- yeah. But he was the first person who was like, it's okay for you to feel that guilt. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're allowed to feel this way. Nobody right. else in her life, her friends, nobody mm-hmm. was like, it's okay you feel this way. But right. you don't have to. Right. right? right. Everybody else is just telling her, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Be quiet. Yeah. Go back where you came from. Just like, mm-hmm. or clean yeah. your dad's shit. That's the only thing she's right. hearing from people. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so, wow, we're only on question five. I feel like we're doing well, though. What have we been doing this whole podcast? (laughs) We've been chatting. It's been good. Okay. Naomi's father is the town drunk and a hoarder, by the way. Uh, Naomi spends her life believing she is trash. And, however, we do learn that her father tried to get his act together when Naomi was attacked. So how do you feel about Daddy Shaw? I, um, I... I have a lot of sympathy for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. It's it like, especially like being okay. So he's alcoholic mm-hmm. and he's a hoarder mm-hmm. and like, that's tough. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, he tried and go ahead. It's a realistic portrayal of somebody like that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. It is because you, I mean, you throw a stick and you're, you throw a rock and you're going to hit one of them in any small town. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There right. is going to be a house with seven cars in the yard mm-hmm. on cinder blocks. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Doors who have crap in their trunks that have wild animals. There's definitely a goat tied up somewhere. Like <laughs> chickens yeah. running around and yeah. they don't belong there. Like they feral cats everywhere. Feral yep. chickens. Yep. Um, okay, so maybe this is an unpopular opinion since you guys didn't say this, but um, I this is a bell for me. This is a, I find oh, this to be okay. really cliche. 
I feel like okay. if her dad, if her dad is any other person in town, she's not the one that's the victim here. She has to be the daughter of the town pariah. Yeah. For them to want to help her and save her and all that bullshit. Yeah. yeah for them to be able to rope her in so that she can control can be, her. Yeah. yeah. So she can end up being the victim. She is literally trying to get any sort of morsel of acceptance that anybody will give her in town because of how mm-hmm. she was raised. That's, mm-hmm. you know, you're not wrong, but I'm not going to give you the bow. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck you too. <laughs> so much love here. 100%. I mean, I do love her, but yeah. <laughs> but she also yeah. fucking hates my stupid face sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> it's a balance. I'm not going to lie. Friendship. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> my hetero life mate over there. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, all right. So speaking of small town rumors, the new police chief is a town outsider because, of course, she is. Chief Bishop doesn't believe that Liv's death is a suicide. Unfortunately, her hands are tied by small town politics. So did you think that she did enough to try to figure out the truth? <sighs> oh, my gosh, Molly. Not a bell. <laughs> I, you're telling me this was the cliche for me. This was the cliche for me. Mm-hmm. He hires a sheriff from outside of town, brings him in, then fucking interferes with him. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking cliche. You want to control the freaking town? Put the sheriff in you want. Mm-hmm. Why bring an outsider in? It just made no sense. It, yeah. It contradicted itself. It contradicted yeah. itself in a way I can't explain to you. And like nobody wanted an outside sheriff either. Right. So it's he like, hired one anyway, even though right. it pisses him off. It makes no sense. Right. And did, so I'm having trouble remembering this because I know that she, she shows up in the beginning. She yeah. shows up like at a couple points in the middle. Right. Does she do a whole lot at the end? Like, or is it just like. Well, she's there when Naomi is found. In the in woods, the yeah. end, in the last, in the woods. I guess she just kind of acts as like she's going to believe me. She's when... the she's the moral center of this book, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, she's the lawful good. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's no imbalance with her, you know. There's no preference. She right, just right. wants what's legally right. Yeah. yeah, it would have been interesting if it had been like a um, like the the mayor or whoever it was, like if he didn't want her there either. Right. And, like, something had happened that, like, she was appointed to their town. Right. Yes. And yeah, you're right. It doesn't make sense that they hired her. Mm-hmm. When he could like, have hired the guy that has been, like, ramping yeah. up for the job since she first got so attacked. So, that guy, that older police officer. That kept interfering? Yeah. The I legitimately thought when he, when the first, um, it's when he's first around. And Naomi, like, Naomi finds out that he led her to mm-hmm. saying who it was that she saw. I was like, oh, my God, was this the guy who attacked her in the woods? Yeah. I thought that too it, it, for a minute. Good red herring, I agree. Yeah, It was a good red herring, I will because say that. Because he kept popping up like a fucking boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he just kept showing up out of mm-hmm. nowhere, and he's like, don't worry, kid, I got you taken care of. He definitely no, knew something. Whether he did no, it or not, he knew something. Yeah. Right. Um. Oh, he was on the payroll of the mayor for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He got his son out of all sorts of trouble. Mm Mm-hmm. 
because Oliver yeah. was awful human being. Oh my god, mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah, he awful. was a good. He was a good um, characterization well. of like a terrible person. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a great example of how. Like, okay, the Murdochs, okay? Mm. Have you guys seen all, you know all this, the Murdochs? Yeah. Okay, he is a perfect example of what happens when parents get involved to protect a kid, Mm -hmm. right? And that is what happened with the Murdoch boy Mm -hmm. and how that boat accident freaking got all fucked up, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. Same day. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of white privilege (laughs) in that family. (laughs) Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Entitlement runs deep in that town. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I agree. I think he was a good red herring too. Um, and I, honestly, I don't know that I think Bishop did enough. Her whole thing was, if I don't do what the mayor says, I get fired, and my wife and I are out of a job. Okay, but you can just drive your ass back to Seattle where you were working before. <laughs> you didn't want to be here. You didn't want to be in the small town anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, I agree. Cody Benin or Brennan, one of those, uh, is the town hero who saved Naomi's life. And as an adult, he's part of the state legislature and he's a true family man. But Cody has some secrets of his own. What did you think of Cody's character arc? It was written well. I, I thought, liked it. No. I, I thought it was written well. Um, I, <sighs> at first, when he when they went to the the like bar and like had a had a meal, mm-hmm. and I was like, is she really going to try to sleep with a married man oh, right yeah. now? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I and, thought that was definitely which was like happen. obviously part of her like her no. bad decisions, yeah. right, like, right, 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 right. No, um, but I was like, oh, is this is this going to happen right now? Like, is mm-hmm. he the is he the love interest for this book? Mm-hmm. Um, he is not. Um, and um. I thought his arc was was interesting, and I thought it was um, surprising in the end for me. Yeah, yeah, um, because surprising in that, like, again, it, I felt like it had like a ring of realism to it. Yeah. Um, because I thought I thought he was really interesting because what as the story goes on, we sort of learn that like, yes, he saved Naomi's life that day because he brought her out of the woods and got her help, but he maintained um, some sort of like, he was stalking her for all intents and mm-hmm. purposes. Yeah. He was stalking her from that point on to make sure like he had become too clingy to what happened. Like he was always mm-hmm. going to be her savior. And in the end, I mean, I, again, spoilers gang, I was shocked that he's the one that killed Liv. I thought for sure Cass did it. I thought for oh, sure Cass killed I her. think Cass never gets her hands dirty. Yeah. Cass mm-hmm. never gets her hands dirty. I thought her for sure she did it. Or she convinced or she convinced Liv to kill herself. I thought oh, one no, of those two things happened. She absolutely convinced him. She is a woman. She murders with words. Mm-hmm. She is her deadliness is the fact that she can convince anyone to do anything. Yeah, which is and why I thought it was possible she convinced Liv to kill herself. But Cody Cody his final moments of like actually attacking Naomi like yeah. that to me, that was the snapping point. He realized, mm-hmm. oh, I fucked up. Yeah. This is really bad. I'm going to lose my whole family and this whole life that I've built 
I've got to, I have to, and he's going to have to get rid of the person he swore uh-huh. he would always protect forever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's fucked either way. Either absolutely. he kills the, his reason for living, right, in his right. mind. Absolutely. He, the only reason he's supposed to be alive is because Naomi stayed alive. Right. Or yeah. he loses the life he built. Right, absolutely. Well, ah. like, Naomi would have been his, his, his third strike because he yeah. also yeah. killed uh, Persephone. What was her name? Well, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. Well, it was an accident. He left it was an accident. Okay, but who's going to believe that? There's no forensic evidence left to like justify that. But he no. definitely killed Persephone or Jesse, Liv, Cass, and then tried to kill Naomi. Oh, right, because he did. He did turn and shoot Cass, didn't he? Right in the neck. Woof. Like in the neck. He, like, he, in the like, he can't talk like, anymore. He's like, oh, by the way. And then he just turns around and was like, she was not a good person. It's like, <laughs> guy. Like, hold um, up. Not good people. You just, you know, you make like, boundaries and you walk away from them. You don't, like, shoot them in the neck. Like, okay. Right. Like, he, his whole life. He really tri- rationalized that. The calmness of him mm-hmm. going, she wasn't a good person. Like, right. you could, it, like, I but, could visualize that man's face is dead. You yeah. know what I mean? At that point. He is ghost white dead mm-hmm. and he is a zombie at this point. Yes. He well, yeah, lost she threatened Cass was going to kill Naomi, which is the person that he has been bound to protect. He's like, like he's lost all control at that point. Oh, he was yeah, gone. yeah, 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 yeah. He had a psychotic break probably at that oh, point. Oh, for sure. Probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he yeah. Was, was really backed up into a corner where he was going to lose everything. He works for the everything. state legislature. I mean, he's an elected official. He has a his third child on the way. He's built this <sighs> life with his wife. Imagine the headlines. Yeah. State legislator murders four women. Oh, my God. Yeah. That small <laughs> town's never going to be the same. It's not good, man. So. But, man, imagine the, the, the horror tourism they'll get. I was going to say, the horror tourism. I mean, not only did you have a, a, a slender Serial man stabbing killer? in the woods, yeah. but you mm-hmm. also had, like, a, a Serial state legend. Yeah. Like, all this stuff. Wild. Yeah. Have you, either of you seen the show? More popular Res- in Forks. <laughs> have either of you seen the show Resident Alien? Yes. I, I fucking feel like love I Alan Tudyk. Clips from it's, it, but I Alan don't... Tudyk is the yes. Please, okay, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. I love Alan Tudyk so much. I do too. Um, so that the small town where Alan Tudyk's alien character has taken over someone else's body um, by murdering them, and then just yeah, the whole thing, wearing <laughs> um, their skin. Yeah. Yes. As you do. As you do. As one does. Um, this town is getting like a lot of murder, like it's pretty murdery. And then they like, that's what they're becoming known for. And people are coming there to tour it. And the mayor is like, this is not what we want to be known for. Like, we don't want to, we don't want to be the murder town. Okay. We don't want to be the murder town, but they're getting a lot of tourism because of that. That's what made me think of that. It's a good show. If you haven't seen it, it's a good show. I would watch it. I love Alan Tudyk. You know what I like about that show? Just as a side note, first of all, I love Alan Tudyk. So that is, you know, good there. But all of the other main characters are like really powerful women. They're Mm -hmm. all women who like own their shit. Like they're really, really strong women. So I saw this uh, TikTok about how um, it's actually a video of Alan Tudyk. His wife is a choreographer. Mm-hmm. And she did the choreography for Peacemaker, mm-hmm. and so she made Alan do all of the footwork for John Cena pre 
beforehand while they were staging. So he had to teach John Cena that dance. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's a great video, Chessie. If you've never seen it, there's like this. It's like short clips of him doing all this voiceover work because he's like oh, the an amazing oh, character yes. actor. Well, he plays the chicken in Moana. Yeah. <laughs> And and he starts like balking, and then he's like, "I went to Juilliard." Not yeah, to he Juilliard. Looks, like, looks at the camera and he goes, so "I went to much. fucking Juilliard." I went to, fucking and he's like, Juilliard. looks back like, and he goes, <laughs> I, "I love him so much. It's like, so amazing." If if I know April, I know you're not into horror stuff. No, um, the movie Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, it's such a good movie. So good. It's it's he's a so it's a comedy. Funny. It's a comedy. Uh, it's like horror. it reminds me of uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah like, I like, like that either. It's I totally understand, but Alan Tudyk plays one of two like rednecks. Yeah, Dale. Yeah, and uh, there are there are teenagers who come to their neck of the woods, and they are the rednecks that the teenagers think are trying to kill them, and they're just like, no, we just want to have like a fishing trip. Like, <laughs> why do you guys? Why do you think this? Why it's it's amazing. amazing. It's so good. That's amazing. You want to anyway. talk about the book again? Yes. yes. Sounds like a- <laughs> All right. So this story takes place in a really small lumber town. Cass's family owns the lumber yard and her dad is the mayor. Liv's family owns the green energy project. Naomi's family owns garbage. Naomi believes that her friends have protected and provided for her. Having finished this book, what do you actually think their motivations were? I think Liv's was guilt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Liv truly loved Naomi. But mm-hmm. I think she could never get over her guilt. I think that was a real friendship. Yep. Cassidy yeah. was always control. From the beginning to the end, oh, Cassidy yeah. never cared about Naomi at all. She yeah. cared what Naomi did for her. Yeah. So, I mean, Cassidy's always been that way. Cassidy was always going to be that way. And that's how she sees the world. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do for me? Imagine yeah. being that poor woman's child. Yeah. yeah. That's oh what God, I kept thinking. Too. Like, when... I thought back as like she like showed her true self in the end. Mm-hmm. I thought back to that moment where she, uh, the daughter, opens the door fighting Naomi, and she's like, "Welcome to the house." And it's like, "Oh my god, that child's just tortured." I bet, <laughs> but like but that that child is overpowered by her own mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, a reason she talks like that. Yeah, but I exactly. feel like you can actually fill this out more because their parents do this too right yeah mm-hmm. so like the green the not the greens the yes the greens are Cass's family yeah Liv's family owns a green energy thing like Liv's family they're not just doing it to to uh because of guilt for Naomi they're doing it to protect Liv because yeah again spoiler if if anyone finds out that Liv actually stabbed Naomi mm-hmm. she's not gonna get the the psychiatric help that she truly needs although i beg to differ she may actually get the psychiatric treatment she needs if they know that her delusions went so far as to being convinced to stab somebody but only but, once but only once the other eight, 18 times mm. was definitely cassidy her all right rage. right i found it really interesting this isn't a question that i have but i found it really interesting when um Naomi discovers that Cass actually wasn't abused by her father, that she was beating oh, yeah. herself and blaming yep. it on Oliver. Was I was bad? like, fuck. Yeah. Girls bash it crazy. Fuck. I didn't see so, that coming because Oliver was not a good guy. Like he molests yes. uh Naomi as an eleven year old. 
But yeah. he has nothing to hide by lying to Naomi either, you know? No, exactly. He got what he wanted from Naomi. Yeah. He's done with her. She's yeah. trash. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what he thinks of her. Yeah, you know? and it's like, and when you're reading that conversation with him where he's explaining, it's like, you as the reader are like, you know he's telling the truth. Yeah. Because like, he doesn't give a fuck. He why doesn't give a fuck. He has no reason why. Right. He gives zero shits. He yeah. looks at her as wasted time. So yeah. why waste time by lying to her? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because there's no point because she's not worth the lie. Yeah. Because yeah. that takes like, up exactly. energy. Exactly. And he's like, he's like, yeah, Cass did that to herself. She's she just always does that. Like that's her thing. She's crazy, which right? is crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's I like mean, he already you can already tell he hates women. Too. So of course he'll talk like, about his sister anyway. Like, that she actually like he's not gonna. Um, we were talking about Oliver and Oliver, how and he just he didn't doesn't care. care. Yeah, like Oliver yeah. gives zero shits like about yeah. anything. Yeah, I mean he can't go anywhere because if he can leaves. You guys- can you guys remind me did she like i know she had sex with him when she was 15 did she like go over there and like lose her virginity to him yeah that like yes yeah 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 and she she knew she wanted to hurt herself and Mm -hmm. she knew the only the best way to do that was to kill two birds with one stone and she knew oliver would hurt her and he choked her she talked about how he choked her during the whole thing and and hurt her thighs yeah and he was like a grown adult then, yeah. Too, yeah. Well, I mean, he molested her when she when he was a grown adult. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I cannot awful. imagine. Just... I cannot imagine feeling like the best choice Trauma. to make. Trauma is means to go... you make poor life choices. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, um, That's okay. For Naomi, <laughs> she's been to therapy. She's not good at it. Um, she definitely is losing at therapy. All right, there are a lot of layers to this book and a lot of characters that matter, for that matter. Uh, for one thing, we learn that Liv has a mental illness that she that has left her suicidal and depressed for most of her life. Her illness was triggered by the attack when the girls were kids. Mm-hmm. Well, it was further triggered. So as the story unfolds, we learn that her illness actually manifested before that. Um, so were you surprised with the truth of the attack of what really happened to her? Which um, is that... Liv stabbed her and then cast cast the word sacrifice popped in my head I want to say I don't have the book in front of me I'll go scan the things but the word sacrifice came to my head probably around like the gathering at the funeral at her Uh at Uh um Cassidy's parents house and Naomi's going through the the like Cassidy saved things right and she finds the letter that she was supposed to destroy and the letter live was supposed to destroy, but Cassie didn't save hers. Right. And she's going through all this stuff. And I'm like, and she's reminding herself about all the steps and she's trying to remind herself. And I go, you guys don't have a sacrifice. Oh my God. She was a sacrifice. Oh my God. She was supposed to be the sacrifice. That's what I started doing instantly. Oh, <laughs> that came at the camera. That was great. Anyway. This is the person I've sp- decided to spend my life with. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a grown up. <laughs> I'm a grown adult. Um, I thought I thought it was gonna. I I thought from jump that Cass was the one that did it. I she either did it or she convinced Liv. And here's the thing: when Naomi points out that the fact she didn't die, I was thinking to myself from the beginning: there's no way she was stabbed 17 times and she didn't die 
Like, there's no way. It's because the the knives didn't go deep enough to actually, like, kill her, because right? Because an 11-year-old so doesn't have the strength it. to stab through the dermis. That is shitty police work right there. Uh-huh. Anybody worth their salt who has seen any sort of CSI would know better than that. Um, so, I was not surprised by it, like... I had, as I was reading the book, there were red herrings that kind of like made me think like, oh, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. Mm-hmm. Like, but actually when, when you guys sent me the list of possible books to like to choose from for what I wanted to read, I remember, I don't remember what, I remember reading the summary for this. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where it was, um, mm-hmm. but I read it and I was like, oh, it's a Slenderman stabbing. Like it's mm-hmm. based on the Slenderman stabbings. Yeah. Um, in Waukesha. And in that story, the two girls stabbed their friend stabbed their as friend. a mm-hmm. as a ritual sacrifice for Slenderman. Right. Um mm-hmm. and um so from the get-go, I was like, oh cool, this is gonna be a book about girls stabbing another girl. <laughs> Great. Great. Um, awesome! so I went into Still it and except, love that journey uh, for, except, journey for us. Yeah. Um except uh so then I started reading it and I was like, oh, maybe I misread or something or mm-hmm. whatever. Maybe it was actually a, 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 an adult of some kind. Um, and then I got to the end and I was like, oh, no, it is it is the, the Slender Man thing. And, and one of them has like a serious mental illness. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah. OK, so in the. In, in that real event, she was stabbed 19 times in the arms, legs, and torso with a five-inch mm-hmm. blade. Um, so, yikes. It, when I, when I got to that, 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 the big twist that it was them mm-hmm. who did it, I was like, oh, no, that is, that is what this is. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So it Ripped did, from the headlines. Ripped, ripped from the headlines. I do, it, it is... I feel like it is tougher to do that now than it used to be because of like, cause like uh, Stephen King has done at least a few books that are, that are ripped from the headline stories, but like mm-hmm. it is different now to do it because everything feels so fresh. And it's like, it feels mm-hmm. like no matter how long ago it was, it's still yeah. not okay to make a fictional story on it. Right. Um, right. This, yeah. I think I think was okay. Um, I, I don't think this... Because like, this wasn't directly on the nose. It this wasn't, wasn't on the nose. Man, yeah, it wasn't a Slenderman book. You know? It wasn't a Slenderman book. Like, if you didn't know about that story, you wouldn't have, mm-hmm. like... So, I, I, I'm not saying that about this book. I don't... But I do think it is much harder to write that kind of book now than Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. There's just too much true crime happening. Too it's, many it's people too are much getting true murdered. crime. Too and, much and murder. Too much true crime. And like the the fact that so much I listen to a lot of true crime, like uh, just media, and mm-hmm. I can't stand true crime media that sensationalizes or like just over <sighs> puts too much into it. I, like I don't know how to explain it exactly, but it's like makes it celebrity. Makes it celebrity. It's like it's I wanna cool, I wanna this know what bad. happened. I wanna know what happened, but just I, I want the facts 
And I want you to give me the facts in a way that is not exaggerating them or adding a spin on them. Like, yeah. I mean, Naomi, Naomi, uh, well, not Naomi, sorry. This book actually calls that out, right? It does. Because Naomi is watching um, the true crime documentaries. I can't remember what it was, but Crime Files or something like that. Yeah. And she talks about how, yes, how they they refer to the stall murders as um, Naomi and and the, like the, and the other, other murder victims. girls yeah not victims other girls. murdered girls yeah and naomi wasn't murdered yeah she was stabbed but she wasn't murdered so she doesn't like being referred to as the as the other murder, murder as girls. one of them and she yeah because she's treated yeah. as the dead and she's not dead and Correct. she's like I, I i do want to live i'm right. here right. but everybody I, treats her like she's dead man everyone yeah We've already talked a lot about Ethan being AJ and that whole thing. So I don't want to like beat a dead horse here. But um, <laughs> so speaking of her bad, bad decisions, how about the fact that she like hate fucks Ethan in her childhood room while her dad is getting takeout? Like, that's, what? That's a lot. Hell. Again, hell? trauma. Very that's, much, a... that's very much a trauma response to that situation. Oh my gosh, this is just crazy. I was like, girl. That's how she fixes girl. shit. Sex. She doesn't know how to handle it's... a relationship. <laughs> but that's how she knows how to handle her emotions. That's the mm-hmm. only thing she puts love with is sex. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So let's talk about the ending. So what did you think about the final big scene where... um She's being chased through the woods by Cody, uh, and she's, like, now in the cave, bleeding out herself, almost dead where Persephone is. I mean, what did you think about this? I liked the ending, but it was also cliche that they magically found her to save her, right? Like, Well, she was able to get one bar of signal and call Ethan. Of course. (laughs) They set that, they set that up, she set that up in the story, though. Because she talked about how there's very limited signal in the woods. Mm-hmm. And then she has that one call in the woods where she gets very limited signal and she's in the cave. Yeah. yeah. And she's talking and then you to circle the... to the end. Yeah. And it then you circle to the end. And I think she was talking to Cody even. Well, she's I asking thought... him about Persephone. Oh, I think no, that's I that call. Chief... I thought it was the chief calling her, asking her to come in because they had another oh, yes, interview with her. Right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Right. Um, but you circle then to the end in that she gets that one bar again in the cave. Mm-hmm. Sure. I I didn't mind it. Um, I think there are other, there are other like coincidences and like kind of things that feel kind of lucky in, in other books. This one didn't, didn't bother me too much. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a bell, but it's definitely like, oh, I see it. For me, for me, it was her motivation to make the call. Yeah. Her motivation to make the call was not to be saved. She was convinced she was dying in those woods that night. She, she was motivated to make the call so that Liv's parents would know she's not the one that stabbed her. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. You um, know, that's a huge turning point for her life. Like, yeah. She didn't want them to have guilt. Right. Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Man. Okay. All right. So the final question is about Cass. Okay. Um, we learn a lot about Cass in this book. For starters, she yeah. is likely a sociopath and definitely a narcissist. Um, she controls her friends through the game. 
and she convinces her dad and her, that her brother is beating her while she's actually beating up herself, which is just crazy to me. She convinces Liv to stab Naomi because she's jealous of how close they are. So what do you think about this book's villainous mastermind? She wants what... When, she, when other people have things that she sees as desirable, she wants mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And she thinks she is entitled to have them. Mm-hmm. So, like, she sees that Naomi has Liv... She's like, well, I want Liv. And I want Liv to be only mine. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're going to get rid of you. Mm-hmm. And she sees, like, the um, the bed and breakfast or whatever. The mm-hmm. the book. Like, the sto- their story of this happening. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. she takes the book and she makes it, like, just hers. About um, her. her. Makes it about her. Like Naomi's the one that almost died. But please, let's tell me your side. That made me rage i oh when people do that kind of stuff it makes me so mad have you guys ever seen big bang theory i know molly likes okay so there's an episode in which dr plimpleton or something like that judy greer plays her Mm -hmm. and this is uh sheldon's friend and she just keeps like banging her way through the guys and sheldon's like she's my friend and you're playing with her like this is that Yes. But, like, on a much gr- more gruesome scale. Yeah. Like, not, and, in a, and the not, fact, in a, not in an autistic way, in a sociopathic way. And and I understand that Naomi had a cold, and that's why she couldn't sleep over with them the night before, but she didn't need to be in the woods either. They orchestrated that. Cass orchestrated that so that she would have time alone with Liv mm-hmm. so she could convince Liv to stab mm-hmm. Naomi. Yeah. Cassidy was a child raised of means, so mm-hmm. she was always given what she wanted. From that mm-hmm. moment on, as long as she knew two things. She knew if she cried her white girl tears, she would get what she wanted. Two, mm-hmm. she realized she could convince her parents of anything if she told them her brother hurt her. So mm-hmm. she knew she could manipulate people at a very early age. Mm-hmm. And she just kept doing it. Yeah. For- and the scene where she's, like, going to kill... Uh, Naomi and she like brings a tarp and all that she just kind of goes listen sweetie I mean you're not I mean it's it's seriously like mean girls you're not really that pretty like you need to know that like we just need to take you out now like it's you're just so inconvenient I'm so sorry Mm, I'm gonna have to murder you now I can't deal with this you know murder it's just Hmm. too much Mm -hmm. it's just too much and like Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to take yeah. you out now. You have to murder you. Valley girl murders. You know. Jesus, back to our valley girls. Chessie, <laughs> back to our valley girls. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Well, that's all the questions I had on this book. Did you guys have any final thoughts before we move into like talking about writing? Projects? I hope she writes more horror. She's good here. Yeah. This is I was freaked the fuck out. Her. Yeah. I would. I yeah. would read some legit horror because this is like, like thriller, like creepy mm-hmm. thriller, like. Give me some horror. Give me some like mm. real straight up. Um, the only no. the only other note I had, this was from the beginning of the book before I started reading and then stopped writing notes. The only other note I had was in the very beginning, I liked like when they all, when the three women met up again, I mm-hmm. liked how she showed different ways that women in general express anxiety and nerves. Yeah. Yes. So like Cassidy gets more forward and smiley and friendly and like becomes more mm-hmm. of a host. Mm-hmm. Naomi my, yeah. Naomi runs um, mm-hmm. and Liv turns in on herself 
And yeah. I was like, it was a very interesting look at like yeah. female anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. That's very that's good. Point. I also wanted to get like super bookish and talk about like the duality of what lies in the woods as being mm, the title. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not just that someone is lying in the woods and dying or dead in the woods, but it's also the liars, the liars in the woods. In the woods. <sighs> But that felt like super English teacher. Haha, wordplay. I know. Ha-ha! I love That's it. Fun. So, uh, what can you tell us about current projects? What are you working on? Okay. Besides moving. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, That's Molly it. and I That's were. That's what she's working on. Molly moving. and I were talking about this. Um, I have actually, um, over the past year, things have been weird in publishing. We've had strikes. We've had all kinds of stuff. So I, I've been a little back and forth on what I'm working on. Uh, Grey mm-hmm. Fair came out in March. I have recently gotten back into it. I am almost done writing the third Children of Hypnos book. Yay. Um, I, I can hopefully announce some things soon. Um, uh, uh, Don't official. you tease us, woman! I can't, I can't, nothing is official. I cannot, I cannot jinx it. I cannot I tempt the rat from the, the thing. I subscribe to your newsletter and every month I'm looking at it and it's like, I'm, I, something soon. And I'm like, fuck, Chessie. Every month, come I'm on. Like, when can I put it in here? I'm like calling up like my agent, like, soon? <laughs> now? When? Um, And she's working Just super hard. Her. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> hey, actually, I am going to text her today. I am going to do that. Yes. <laughs> um, sorry, Louise. Are we there yet? <laughs> um, I'm going to text her today about something that I think you guys will be really excited about. Um, mm. And, oh my gosh. I just, I'm like halfway through three different books, like writing right now. And of it's like, I just need to grind them out just just get them written and then that's what happens when you're living in two locations i know i know although in the new place i will have again a lot of natural light i will have a little reading chair that i can also sit in and do my writing um there's space for chessie i will have space for me it'll be great Mm -hmm. i'm i'm very excited nice (sighs) soon soon i will have things now you wait. You have you have fur babies, right? You have a dog or a cat. Which one? So, my, are they going with you? My dog lives at my parents' house. Okay. He's okay. a he's a family dog, um, and my cat Carl lives here. Carl, oh, Carl, Carl. My my sweet baby Carl, uh, my sweet fourteen pound baby Carl. Um, <laughs> he lives here. He's actually my brother's cat. Um, mm-hmm. My boyfriend's. I'm moving in with my boyfriend. His family is allergic to cats, so I cannot take Carl with me. Unfortunately, so he is staying here. He will be well loved and taken care of. Um, I will come visit him often. Mm-mm. I know, Poor Carl. I know. Okay. It makes sense, though. I get it. It's yeah. a reason to go back to see your folks. Yeah, exactly. Come see my my brother and sister and hang out here for a while. Yeah, exactly. Carl. So, do you have anything? Any releases? Any dates coming? You don't have anything no. official yet. We are not. I am. I am currently as of the recording of this podcast, not contracted for anything. So that's what we've been working on. Yet. Yet. Let's go get her. Yet. Monstrous Sea Now 
Must hashtag now. Now. I swear. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. It's going to happen. I promise. We are. Uh, can we talk about this cosplay you've been doing? Dude! Yes. I wow. didn't even recognize you last week. The, yeah, Molly the, and I um, were talking about that. We were like, <laughs> both of us were talking about the podcast because we were both looking at Instagram and I was like, I'm scrolling and I go, oh, it's Chessie. I go, who's that? And then I go, Chessie? <laughs> and, I, and I did that face and I was like, nice, babe. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so uh, this is, again, my boyfriend's fault. He has been doing You're cosplay so for a long time. Um, he and his friends. And I started going to conventions with them. And I was like, mm-hmm. this looks like a lot of fun. I want to do it this. Is. So mm-hmm. I learned how to sew and do other things. And mm-hmm. um, I have done Vex from Critical Role. Mm-hmm. Um, Striga from Castlevania. And then the one mm-hmm. you guys saw, the green one, was uh, Polaris from the newest X Men comics. Yeah, I love. They're Polaris. really high quality. They're you're doing you're, a really good job. Your cosplay is like really good. Thank you, I, God. I wanted to die. that. So the the jacket on the Polaris took me, I think, ten hours to finish one day. Mm-hmm. Like the day before we were leaving for the convention, I had to finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another reason why I haven't been getting a lot of writing done is because I was like, you've been sewing a lot. I got to finish this costume and then not realizing <laughs> how long it was going to take. When you go to these, do you, do you have a booth? Like, do you sign? Do you be more are you than Chessie or are you like, just character? Are you, are um, you Francesca Zappia or are you Chessie? So at this last, we just went to Ramen Con, which is in South Bend, Indiana. It's a great little mm-hmm. convention. If any of the listeners want to check it out. Um, mm-hmm. We have a booth there because um, our Theta, the cosplay group runs mm-hmm. the um, cosplay catwalk, which is like the contest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we also ha- do panels and stuff like that. Um, so I was sitting at our table with my books and mm-hmm. some some goodies and everything, and I was talking to people that came up. Usually, when we go to conventions, we're just there as guests. So I just walk around, and sometimes mm-hmm. I'll take like my bookmarks with me or something and hand them out if people want to like. When people like, sometimes you'll get stopped when you're just walking around, and people want to take a picture of you. So like, yeah. mm-hmm. we'll hand out. Everybody else has business cards. I have my bookmarks, so we'll just hand stuff out. Um, and if they seem like they like books, I just kind of mention it to them. So, yeah. Okay, well, now you need to hand out our stickers. <laughs> oh, Shameless plug! I'll do that. Send me some. On it. I mean, I will. I have a whole box behind me. Firstly, I, need, I, need, over here. I need one for my water bottle. Yeah, this is what they look like. They're our logo. Oh, yes, I want one. Okay, we'll I'll send you one. Yeah, we got them for the convention that the book con that we did. Which we will April. be back at this year, guys. Annapolis and we're going to be book back con. next year. What? Book wait, festival. what is it? Annapolis, Annapolis Book Festival. festival. Annapolis book. I need to write this yeah. down. Absolutely, yeah. they're taking authors right now. <gasps> yeah, if you you should hey, apply. You know what? Tell them you'll only do a panel if we host it. <gasps> It'll oh be so God. good that we could actually meet you IRL. Oh. And then Katie can meet you. <laughs> yes. Um, I told I told my boyfriend that like, because we were sitting there and, you know, we go to a bunch of uh, anime yeah. and comic conventions. And I was like, we should go to some book conventions. Absolutely. Yeah. you should. And he was like, yeah, cons. we should. Let's go to book conventions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we if should. you have a preferred panelist, tell them. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. We'll be there again. We we're will, gonna, we will, be, we well, will always be your panelists. 
If yeah, you cool. ever need panelists you're comfortable with, you just tell them you have a preferred panelist and you'll only work with us. <laughs> Absolutely. They, Done. This this uh this event is at the Key School in Annapolis, which is like the swanky private school. Nice. And it's, it's like basically, on the water. Yeah, it's really nice. It's it's their like big fundraiser. So they um get vendors to sponsor them and all sorts of things. And then they've been doing this for last year was the 10th anniversary. 20th, 20th, excuse oh. me, 20th anniversary. And a lot of the authors are like connected to the schools and we just, we live stream from there. Yeah. We, that's that what awesome. we do. We interview nice. authors and live stream. Yeah. yeah. It was really cool. And they had like a super swanky They're- like event the night before that we got invited to. We were not cool enough. Wait, to be there. wait, <laughs> tell, tell Chessie what their mascot is. I don't remember. You don't. Their really? mascot is gazebo with the word gazebo oh, yeah. spelt backwards. Yeah. They like don't have a mascot. Zagagos or whatever. It's the, uh, yeah. Oh my God. Gazebo backwards. Gazebo backwards is their mascot. <laughs> okay. I'm looking, it's a nice school though. You're, I'm looking at their webpage right now. You're on their webpage. Oh, yay. The podcast will be live at the festival interviewing authors and chatting about books. Oh, look at us go. Yeah, yes. It, it was a lot of fun. It was Plus, exhausting last fun. year. It was so much extroverting. But it was like, so I, great. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm the introvert of the two of us. So and I was done. And I was done. I tapped out. <laughs> By the time we were doing oh, the last interview, I was just like, I can't anymore. Hey, I cannot. can we wrap up? We're still live. No, we, we're, I know. Okay. We're not, we have not wrapped up. <laughs> Do you want to wrap up? Should we wrap up? We're like an hour 20 deep. (laughs) You have anything else, Chessie? So where's your next cosplay? Where where can people see you next? Um, I believe the next one... My uh, The next one I know for sure is ASEN in Chicago. It's Anime Central. We will Mm -hmm. be at ASEN. Okay, that's cool. I'm Chessie. There's a... There's a very small con in Bowling Green, Ohio, okay. at Bowling Green State University, which is where I went to college. Mm-hmm. And Katie takes her girl, her kids there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I don't know if you ever want to go there. It's like really small. Just hop over to Ohio. Just I'm sure they'd love to have you because it's college kids. So yeah. you know. Oh, I'm sure. As a readers for you. I have not been on a college campus in like two years now, and. That's because you just it's finished fine. your master's. You're kind of okay. tired of school. I finished my master's and I quit my job on a college campus. So, whew. So you're just a writer, officially. No, I have a part-time job that pays the bills. Yes. I know. I was I was officially a writer for like six months. And then it was like, well. I mean, that's still really tonight. impressive. That's I know. So I spent a lot of that time napping. I was so, like, the whiplash from, like, 12 years of school and work and a master's program, yes. like, smacked me in the face. I was still like, in I'm my tired. master's program then. And you I wake up a month so later. tired. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Jesse just slept for a month. It's fine. Well, that's still important. Mental health, right? Mental health. That's self-care. Exactly. Self-care sometimes looks like naps. Exactly. Well, I think that's it. Thank you for coming thank again. You, like, oh my gosh. Me. You have to come next season. We love you having having you on here. Yes. Like, seriously. I will absolutely yeah. come again. Always. Our seasons are shorter now, so we'll just slide oh, you so in. Oh, so I can come more often. Great. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Like, more I want to come more. More Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. Thank you again. Oh, next week. We didn't talk about next week. I don't have a copy of the book. Next week we're reading... Um, I just started it today. We, 
good gracious, April. It's like I'm new here. A flicker in the light. I think it's called. Yeah, a flicker. A flicker, flicker in the, light. In the dark. Flicker in the dark. Flicker in the dark. Oh, you don't flicker in the light. What the fuck? <laughs> a flicker in the dark by Stacy Willingham. I just started it this morning. I am listening to it on Hoopla for free. Because local, local libraries. libraries. I actually just showed my boss that. I was like, "Yeah, your local library. You can get audiobooks for free." And she's like, "What? Yeah, Libby and Hoopla gang. I'll put the links in the bio." Yes. All Support right. your local libraries. Okay, that's it. We'll see you next week. Bye, besties. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, and not those of anyone else. Today's book was What Lies in the Woods by Kate Alice Marshall, featuring special guest and honorary book bestie Francesca Zappia. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow the Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or visit our website, bookbestiespodcast.com. Until next time, besties, get lost in your favorite book.